0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to your first fall small church video. This is meant to be a discussion starter for you and your groups or an opportunity for personal study and uh, reflection. So we're in the book of Acts right now, and we've been talking about what the Spirit is doing in the midst of this book, that this book is actually meant to be understood as not acts of the apostles, but actually acts of the Holy Spirit. And the backdrop for what we're going to look at today, which is the second half of the second chapter of Acts, the backdrop is, of course, what takes place at the end of Luke's gospel, Jesus' instructions um, to wait, to go to Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Spirit. It comes again, of course, in Acts chapter 1, wait, you will be my witnesses. And then, of course, what happens next is what Jennings calls, uh, Willie James Jennings, the writer of the commentary that we've been reading and enjoying very much, Todd and I, the revolution of intimacy. The Holy Spirit creates this revolution of intimacy, and the whole book of Acts is about that revolution. And the epicenter for that revolution is, of course, Pentecost. So the Spirit descends. The Spirit begins this joining of disparate groups of people. The Spirit anoints both the speakers and the hearers regarding the love of God. There's an emphasis, actually, as Hans pointed out last week in our All Church, there's an emphasis on the Spirit anointing the hearers of this message as much as the speakers. And then in the midst of this incredible event where um, speakers are given different tongues and hearers are given the understanding of this message in their own native language. Then Peter stands up, bold Peter, Peter who was the betrayer, the denier, Peter who was scared is now emboldened and he's, he's standing up and he's backed by the other 11, it says in this passage in Acts 2, verse 14 and following, and he speaks with urgency. And you've read um, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 39, or a portion of that. And so you'll hear this sermon, the first Christian sermon, in fact, that was preached. Listen carefully to what Peter says here. Listen to the overall message. It's it's easy maybe for the through line to get lost in all of what Peter is saying. But this inspired sermon that Peter offers ties together What is happening in the present, this miraculous supernatural thing that's happening right now, he takes that event and he ties it all the way back to how God has been at work from the very beginning. And he shows how Jesus is actually the thread that ties God's work from the beginning to what is happening with the Spirit in that present time. And then he ends with this incredible impassioned call, Repent and be baptized, all of you. Sounds like a typical altar call, right? Those, those um, kind of, rev, like those revival, those tent revivals that, that end with a call to repentance, a call to come to Jesus. But Peter's overall message is not just, you've sinned and you have to repent. The message is actually about the newness of Jesus. This whole message is actually about, Jesus is not who you thought he was. Jesus was crucified, but he didn't die. Jesus is actually alive, everyone. Maybe you saw him die, but he is alive, and God raised him up. Jesus is the Savior that God spoke about from the beginning, that the prophets talked about, that Joel spoke of when the Spirit descended on all people, that that even David spoke about. Jesus is the one sent by God to be the Messiah, He is the one who sent the Spirit to be poured out on you now. And maybe you didn't see it before. Maybe you completely missed it. In fact, some of you here contributed to putting him to death. But he is the master and the Messiah that you've been waiting for. And after that sermon, the listeners, the hearers, the ones who were also anointed by the Spirit, they all just, they are cut to the quick. Their hearts are touched and they say, well, what do we do? This news is so unbelievable, so inspiring that it's it's urging them to do something. What do they do? And Peter's response is, repent and be baptized. But you know, because we've studied this for a long time in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, that word repentance is is not so much about feeling guilty, but it's about changing. It's about changing your thinking. That's how some um, translations translate that phrase. Change your thinking. Or in the message, Eugene Peterson has this phrase, change your life and turn to God. Change your thinking. Change your life. Turn to God. Embrace the newness of Jesus through baptism. And then Peter goes on to say, this promise is for all whom God calls. That word all comes up again and again, several times actually, starting with verse 7, or sorry, verse 17. All people, Joel says, all people, in verse 17, everyone, in verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, it says in verse 21. And then Peter's words in verse 39, this promise is for you and not just for you, but for your children and not just for your children, but for all, all whom the Lord will call. So all who call on the name of the Lord and all whom the Lord will call. Pretty much everyone is included in that, that passage in Joel that, that you hear right at the very beginning, men, women, all ages, servants, servants, all whom who call on the name of the Lord. We're used to thinking of an all that includes all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? But this is an equal all. All who call will be saved. All whom the Lord calls will be saved. So those two questions that Jennings asks us that I offer you is, as we go week to week through the book of Acts, <clears throat> What is the Spirit doing here? And what does God want the people in this chapter to do? I invite you to answer those questions both for this chapter and even for our own church and our own lives now. What is the Spirit doing here in the book of Acts? The Spirit is introducing a new order of things. The Spirit is bringing about a revolution. The Spirit is transforming. The Spirit is joining Spirit is bringing unity. What does God want the people to do? They want to the Spirit wants the people to speak, to bear witness to this newness that is in Jesus, to participate in it, to receive the Holy Spirit, and to include everyone in this newness. What is God doing? In our church right now, what is the Holy Spirit doing in our church in this time of newness, in this time of new beginnings, in this time when our church is being reformed? I wonder, And what does God want us to do? Another good question to discuss as you meet in your groups today. Hope that you're blessed in your conversation, in the speaking and the hearing. Trust that the Holy Spirit will be with you all. See you again soon.